0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, Take just a moment to reflect on your own thoughts. What kinds of things do you find on your mind this evening? Set aside the Christmas tree lights and the carols and being in these pews and think, what is on your mind? What has been on your minds lately? What is it that occupies your thoughts? Maybe as it's approaching the holiday season here, maybe it's looking forward to having family nearby you. Or maybe it's not looking forward to having family nearby you. Maybe it is missing those family who you no longer see. Maybe it is longing for reunion with those you have lost. Maybe it's other really simple things like the logistics of the holidays. Maybe you're wondering whether you set the oven to the right temperature or did you turn off the oven? Did you turn off the oven? Maybe it's did you put the right presents under the tree? Will your loved ones enjoy the presents that you gave them? Will they know what you meant? Will they? see the thought that was behind them? What kinds of thoughts are on your mind? What kinds of things are you thinking about tonight? Are you thinking about Jesus? About coming into His house to worship Him, to praise God and to thank Him for His gifts? What's on your mind? Now, this isn't some sort of a guilt trip, as though you should have only Jesus on your mind tonight. I think it's quite fair to say that none of us, none of us can save ourselves from preoccupation with other things, from distraction. And that is what makes you, sitting here tonight, that is what makes you just like all of those shepherds out in that field that Christmas evening. Picture those shepherds out in that field, minding their flocks by night, concerned about their cares, their job, making sure the sheep aren't wandering off, making sure that the troublesome sheep stay near, making sure there are no wolves. Keeping watch means staying up all night. Attending to this, your livelihood, making sure that nothing goes wrong. And of course, that wasn't all that would have been on their minds. They had lives as well. Maybe it's a bit of loneliness, being far from their loved ones. Or maybe they're glad they're alone, far from their loved ones. Maybe they're remorseful. As you sit in the wee hours of the night, have you ever been regretful of things that you've done and things that you've said? Maybe they're a little bit hard-hearted. Maybe they're cold. Maybe they're hardened against the world. Maybe they're callous or brazen. They're sitting there cursing the world because they don't care what anybody else thinks. Maybe they're sad. <clears throat> Maybe they're optimistic, looking forward to the future, thinking about what lies ahead of them, plans and opportunities. Maybe they're hoping to get out of this business and to make it into something better. Whatever it is that was on their minds that night, I guarantee you, that none of them expected What happened? That all of a sudden, out of the blue, when no one was looking, the angel of the Lord appeared and spoke to them. Now, we have heard this story countless times. We hear it every year more than once. You've heard this story countless times, and so it's easy to gloss over these details. But just think for a moment what that would have been like. When your mind is elsewhere to all of a sudden, bursting out of the sky, see an angel. And angels are not, you should know this, angels are not, like, Little chubby cherubs. They're not the kinds of beings that you see around Valentine's Day, cute and cuddly. Angels are terrifying, which is why whenever angels appear in the Bible, nearly every time, the first thing they have to say is, don't be afraid, because they are scary. They tear up the sky. They burst in from nowhere. Out of nowhere, there's this angel. And that's not all. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them glory of the Lord, the same glory that at Mount Sinai, when God gave the law to his people, appeared with thunder and lightning and earthquake that made the people tremble. And they stood back and said, Moses, you talk to God. We can't talk to him. His glory is too much for us. The glory shone around them, and they were sore afraid. No wonder. Out of the blue, when no one was expecting it, when they were thinking about other things, maybe even a bit drowsy with life, just nodding off. There comes God's message for them. There, in the midst of whatever it is that they were thinking and doing and saying, God came to them with this great message, with this blinding clarity. Think about that. You're sitting on a hill in the middle of the night, and it's dark outside, and you can't really make anything out. You can see the vague shapes of your sheep, sure, but everything's a muddle. Everything's a haze. It's dark, like sitting in a dark room in the middle of the night. When you're sitting in a dark room, it doesn't matter whether the room is clean or dirty, does it? Whether it's cluttered or in good order, because you can't see it anyway. But then all of a sudden, when the light shines on, you get some clarity. You can see everything that's around you. Everything that's within you. I think this is the reason, really, why those shepherds were sore afraid. When God's glory comes and his light shines on us, what does it reveal? Nothing beautiful. Nothing admirable. Nothing holy. But unrighteousness and sin and wickedness. When the glory of the Lord appears, who could but tremble? Even Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, a man chosen by God to speak his word. Isaiah found himself in the presence of God's glory and he said... Woe is me. I am undone. He thought his life was over. I think that's what the shepherds thought. Maybe they thought at first it was aliens or something strange was happening to them. But then when you realize it's the glory of the Lord and an angel of the Lord, you can only assume that this is it. You're done for. That's the end of the story. Now that terror, which is a terror that every human being should experience. A terror in the face of a holy and righteous God whose law we fail to keep. That terror, notice this, pay close attention to this, that terror is short-lived. The angel speaks before they can even reply, before they can fall down and confess their sins or plead for mercy. The angel speaks, fear not, do not be afraid. However it is that you find yourselves here tonight, whatever it is, that might trouble you in your lives, whatever it is that might trouble you in the presence of God, fear not. Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy." Now, sometimes the spectacle is what we are really looking for, those strong emotions. Imagine, if only we could all have that experience of out of nowhere having an angel appear to us in the glory of the Lord, and then a voice declaring specifically to you God's good news for you. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that change your life? If you had that kind of a hilltop experience like those shepherds? Sometimes we long for that spectacle. We look for it. And that's often what happens at Christmas time. We have to sing the right hymns, or we have to celebrate in the right way, or we have to have a meal be just the way it should be, with everybody doing just what they're supposed to be doing, otherwise it won't count. Otherwise, we won't be right. We have those kinds of attitudes, those sentiments in our hearts. But notice this. After it's all said and done, after the angels are gone, the shepherds don't say, hey, we'd like those angels back. They don't say, where'd the angels go? We want more of that. We want more of these strong, high emotions. We want more of this thrill and spectacle. They don't say, we'd like to hear that voice again. Instead, what do they say? Let us go and see this thing that we have heard about it's not about the spectacle it's not about the wonder it's not about the thunder and lightning or the glory of the Lord shining in terrifying clarity but it is about this it's about the presence of Jesus it's about the birth of a baby the shepherds didn't shake their heads and say who cares about a little baby who cares what might be happening in a stable in a manger in Bethlehem they didn't say any of that they said let's go and see this This thing that has happened, this thing which changes lives, this thing is what we need. We don't need more on this mountaintop, on this hilltop. We don't need more bright and blinding light, but we need Jesus. God's presence was announced to them in this way, not with the glory of the Lord. It's like the glory of the Lord accompanies God's voice. It cannot help it. This is what happens. When heaven opens up, of course, you get this sight of glory. But the message is this, good news of great joy for all people. What an astounding thing that is. What kind of news is there in this world that is good for all people? There is no such thing. Whatever good news you might hear now and again is only good news for some or for a time. But this is good news of great joy for everyone. For the least and the lowliest. For all of the lost. For the most guilty and the most wicked. For the most righteous and holy for everyone in between for those who think they have nothing to do with god and he has nothing to do with them it is good news for everyone it's good news for you good news of great joy for all people whatever you have done whatever is on your minds whatever's been distracting you or preoccupying you whatever it that is you're thinking about right now this news is for you so hear it well unto you was born a savior Now that is startling. That's the kind of thing that you say to a father or a mother who's just had a child. You've had a baby. Listen again. This baby was born to you, not just for you, but unto you was born a baby. Everywhere else in the Bible that this phrase is used, unto you is born, it's some father hearing that they just had a child. You've had a child. This is your baby. This was the shepherd's baby. This was the message that came to them. Unto you is born today a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Of course, they got up and left their flocks behind. Of course, they got up and went to the manger because it was their baby. Born to Mary, of course, but it was their baby. A Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now, you know this, that when a baby is born... Whether or not you want to pay attention, the baby demands that you must pay attention, right? When a baby is born, it captivates you. It captures you. It keeps you up all night long. A baby has a way of doing that. And I think that's part of the reason why Jesus comes as a baby, to show us, of course, how we ought to regard him. The same way that Mary regarded him as her own beloved child who would grow up and die for her. As her own beloved child, who she should cherish and hold dearly. Her own beloved child, who she should never lose sight of, but to whom she should devote all her attention. That's who Jesus is for you. Your Savior. A child is born to you. This is a marvelous thing. Think about the difference between receiving God as a little baby and receiving him in thunder and lightning and a bright shining light. Think about the difference between receiving a baby who was born to die, the difference between that and seeing God face to face. In the birth of Jesus, you see God's heart, his heart of love for you, his heart which would spend anything, would spare no expense just to be with you. A God who mourns and laments the separation between him and his children, between, of the sin which divided them, laments the wickedness which has spoiled his world, laments our bitterness and coldness towards him, and so he has done everything imaginable to draw us closer to him. Unto you is born a Savior. Do not forget it. That's what today, of course, that's what today is all about. But think about those words. Think about what that means. And do not neglect Jesus, but watch and see as he grows and as he lives and he follows his his father's law and he does his father's will all the way to the cross, giving up his life for you. Watch and attend to this child who is yours, who will one day return in glory to raise you from the dead and to bring you to eternal joy with him in heaven. Unto you is born a savior. Merry Christmas.